0: psalm 130 out of the depths i cried to you o lord o lord hear my voice let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy if you o lord should mark iniquities o lord who could stand but with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared i wait for the lord my soul waits and in his word i hope my soul waits for the Lord more than watchman for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is plentiful redemption, and He will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Now, let's pray again. Our Lord, we thank You for such a wonderful word. We thank You for such a, a sober... Reminder that you are both a good God and a great God. Lord, we ask this morning that you would show us who you are, that we might look at you and be in wonder and also run to you. Lord, also show us who we are. Show us how deeply we need you, how desperately we are in need of you, so that we might run to you all the more. And Lord, would you comfort us and would you assure us as we look at your promises and your scriptures. Lord, have your way in us this morning we pray in jesus name amen amen so we can we're going to continue on our little mini series in the psalms and this week we're moving backwards so we did psalm 131 that first week and then psalm 146 and we're going back to psalm 130 and this is a wonderful psalm because it gives us assurance um, through the ages there have been these sibling doubts these two doubts that are like brothers. Um, One of them is, can I be saved? Can I be saved? And people have struggled with this question through the centuries, and we struggle with it today. Can I be saved? Can God really save me? Um, And that's a question about God's greatness. Is God great enough to save someone like me? Can He bring me up out of the depths? And another question that we ask, we might be convinced of that answer. We might say, yeah, I, I think He can but will he will he save me and some people often struggle with that question will God save me perhaps I'm convinced that he can but will he is he a good God so we might be convinced yeah he's great but sometimes we struggle with that question is he good and so that's what we want to do this morning is find assurance in the scriptures and um, if you have struggled with these questions if you have, Struggled with these doubts you're not alone you're in good company I'm with you Um, even some of the greatest theologians in history there's even a a story about John Owen and John Owen if you don't know John Owen he knows more about or he's forgotten more about theology than I will ever know Um, this is a man who's so clever that I'm not smart enough to know how smart he is he's far beyond me and this guy struggled while he was a preacher with some of these doubts and he found comfort In this very psalm, Psalm 130. So we want to look at those two questions. Can God save? And will God save? Look at verse 1 and 2 with me. Um, David describes where he is in life right now. He says, out of the depths. So David gives God his address. This is where I am. I'm in the depths. And immediately this may resonate with you. Perhaps that's where you are, friend. In the depths. Perhaps that's where you're struggling right now, in the depths, perhaps in the depths of doubt, in, in the depths of confusion, but ultimately what is pictured here is the depth of sin. And what this says to us is, sin is not a paddling pool, it, it's, not, it's not a puddle worth of sin. That's not where we can find ourselves, we can find ourselves not only saturated, but not even soaked, but fully immersed in the depths of sin. And that's where this man finds himself now. Out of the depths I cry to you. What's encouraging here? Can God save someone out of the depths? Well, the depths can do a lot of things. They can hurt you. They can um, make you lose your confidence. But they do not make God dead. God is not troubled by how deep we, are. we find ourselves in this place. This is not beyond God's reach. God can reach down into the depths and grab someone. God can hear the pleas for mercy even from the depths. Let's keep going. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Now, what does David know about himself here? What does the psalmist understand about himself? He is in the depths. He's in a place where he needs mercy. He's in a place where he is in trouble and he needs salvation he's not somewhere relaxing um you know having a swim he knows that he is in a place that requires mercy this is a this is an open confession he's saying i know who i am i'm someone who is in the depths not only that i'm someone who is in the depths of sin and i need mercy he's not fooling himself he knows where he is and let's keep going if you O Lord, should mark iniquity? O Lord, who could stand? Now, if we knew verse 1 to 3, and that is where we were left, this would only result in despair. If we knew that where we were was in an ocean of sin, so overwhelming that we needed mercy, and that if God ever required us to stand before Him and give an account, we wouldn't be able to stand by the end of it. We'd be flawed, and we'd be judged, and there would be no standing for us. We'd have no confidence to even be before Him. If verse one to three was true, and that was the end of the story, and no one would want to stand before God, and no one could stand before God, and if that's what we knew, no wonder why our life would be a life of despair. No wonder why our life would be a life of trouble and anguish. And um, just never ceasing pain. Verse 4 starts with a wonderful word that we should notice throughout the Bible. All you have to do is look at Paul's letters and we see this three letter word, this beautiful word. Look at what he says there. But, oh how often this word saves us when, we're, when we read something that's true about us. We can't deny verse 1, we can't deny verse 2, and we can't deny verse 3. But, isn't that word wonderful? After all of this bad news that is actually true about us, we see that word, but. But what? Let's keep going. But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. But sh- but with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. So all of these things from verse one to three may well and may well and truly be right to say about you. But with God there is forgiveness. And that's where we find a deep sigh of relief in in that sentence. But with God, there is forgiveness. And perhaps this morning, some of us don't really realize how bad we are. And um, God has not given us that grace of having eyes to see just how wicked we are. And we don't feel that bad about ourselves. We might think, you know, my sin's pretty bad, but it's about the size of a puddle. And if I do X, Y, and Z, I might be able to empty that puddle out and it'll be evaporated. And, you know, let's all forget about it. But that's not how forgiveness works. God doesn't forget your sin because you do nice things. God doesn't forget your sin because you come to church this morning. He doesn't forget your sin because you might read your Bible or memorize it or even get up in the morning and pray. Those are not reasons that would balance out your sin. And if God was to judge you and say, Hey, look, here is the ocean that that I need you to answer for. You can't say, well, here's the ocean of good stuff that I did. They sort of cancel each other out. Um, That's not how forgiveness works. Forgiveness is not about God forgetting something because you might think that you're good enough to do something good um, and and that you're good enough to balance out your wickedness. In fact, you trying to balance out your wickedness only adds to your wickedness. Uh, It only makes the the ocean deeper. It only makes it wider. Uh, There is no rescue or rest for you in your work. So where does forgiveness come from? Remember, we're looking at that question, Can God save So it says, but with God, there is forgiveness. So he's told us, yeah, there is. But how does he do that? Let's go on to um, verse 7. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel. Now that word redemption, that word redeem, is very important for us to understand what forgiveness is. Forgiveness doesn't mean God forgets. Forgiveness doesn't mean that your, sin, your ocean of sin is suddenly evaporated in the sun. That's not how redemption works. You might remember when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and remember he prayed that prayer, Lord, if this cup could pass from me, if it's possible, then let that happen. But it, then he says, but not my will be done, but your will be done. When he was talking about that cup, what was in that cup was the depth that you find yourself in now. What is in that cup is an ocean of sin that you have to answer for. Forgiveness doesn't work by Jesus pouring it out or evaporating. Forgiveness works by Jesus taking all of your sin, all of your iniquity, all of those twisted and dark things that are about you that you find yourself just drowning in. He takes that in the cup and swallows it. It's not forgotten. It's swallowed. That's what redemption means. It means that someone has paid for something. You know, we think about, you know, vouchers. You have to redeem a voucher. You have to give that voucher in and you get whatever that voucher um, is valued for. That's how it works with sin. Jesus takes our sin and drinks that deep and wide ocean that you and I find ourselves drowning in. He swallows the whole thing. And so forgiveness is found in redemption. And redemption is found in Jesus Christ. So can God save? Yes. At a costly and big price. Jesus saves with His own life. That's how God saves. Can He save? Absolutely, He can. And we want to consider this question, though. But will He save? Oh, friend, I, i tell you the truth. We see it here. We see it in the promises of Scripture. He can save you. It's not that he's not powerful enough. He can do it. But will he? He doesn't have to. But will he? And the psalmist, this is where he finds his hope. Look again with me at verse 3 and 4. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Now keep going with me. Verse 5 and 6. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits for the Lord. And in His word, I hope. And then again, He says, My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. More than watchman for the morning. Three times He says, My soul waits. And what He says about this wait is that while He's waiting, He's hoping. And what is He hoping in? He's hoping in the Word. What Word? The promise that God gives that when he he says things like this uh, you, you can think about um, Romans uh, if you call upon the name of the Lord you will be saved, Romans 10, 13 All right, that's, a, that's a great promise waiting doesn't consist of being lazy and just chilling out and hoping for the best waiting is hoping in the word of God now if you wait without hoping oh what a despairing time you must be having If you wait without expecting, what a terrible time you must have. If there is no hope and you are unsure and there is no certainty and there is no trusting in that God will do what He says He will do and answer His promises, um, then waiting for you is a dreadful thing. But for those who hope in the Word, word, waiting is not like that. Um, Follow along with me again in in verse 5 and 6. Look at what this waiting looks like. He says, My soul... In verse six waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning. More than watchmen for the morning. Again, there's repetition. What that tells us is he's shouting at us. More than the watchmen for the morning. More than the watchmen for the morning. Um, if you're not too sure what watchmen were, they used to stand on on the city gates. You know, like you might have seen in movies. There's like a castle or a city wall, and the watchman would stand on the top and he keeps guard. And what he really, really wants is for the daytime to come, because. People who come and pillage and come and attack them, they're not going to attack in the daytime. They'll come during the nighttime. So he's waiting for the sun to come up. He's trusting that the sun is going to come up. And how many of us were sure last night that the sun was going to come up? How many of us were sure that we would be having church in the daytime and not in the nighttime? And what we see here is that these guys knew that the sun was coming up. They were anticipating the sun coming up and they were waiting for the sun to come up with anticipation, with expectation, and they were waiting there doing their job while they were waiting for the sun to come up. And now he says, my soul waits more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. What is he saying there? Um, Well, he's saying a few things that we could understand there. we can put our hope in the Lord actually rescuing us and saving us because of His promises, we can be more confident and more sure of that than we can be of the sun coming up tomorrow morning. If God promises something, you can be sure of it more than you can be sure of tomorrow coming. More than the sun will come up. You you can be sure of it. But He's also saying something else. He waits more You might be waiting longer than a day. You might be waiting longer than 10 suns or 365 suns. You might be waiting for a long time, but you can be assured that God will answer His promise. So will God save? If you call upon the name of the Lord, He will save. He will save, and you can be more sure of that than you can be of the sun coming up tomorrow. But that's based on His promises, we hope, and His word. And follow along with me to verse 8. And He will redeem Israel. He will. He will redeem those who put their trust in Him. Who wait for Him. And um, that's where we can find some assurance. Can God save? Is He great enough to save? He is. He does that through the cross. He does that through Jesus Christ. But will He save me? If I call out to Him from the depths. If I wait for him, will he save me? If I put my trust in him and I hope in his word, will he save me? You can be more sure that he will save you than you can be of the sun coming up tomorrow if this is you. And so the question is, can you be saved? Yes, you can. But will you be saved? Will you, friend, trust in Jesus? Will you, friend, trust in the Lord and in his promises? Will you put your confidence there? When he says that he will save those who call upon his name, who trust in him, who put all of their weight onto him, have I described you? Will you do that? Will you be that? And if so, you can have all the assurance in the world, though you may be drowning, though you may find yourself to feel submerged. You can have all the confidence in the world and all the assurance in the world that he will save you because he is a good God who fulfills all of his promises. Now let's pray and we can sing again dear lord we thank you so much for your word and lord we want to pray particularly for those who have not trusted in you who have not cried from the depths with a deep cry who are not waiting with their souls lord i pray we pray together that you would be pleased to give them that new heart a new heart that would be able to identify exactly where they were. They would understand verse 1, 2 and 3 that they are found to be drowning in sin and in need of mercy and that if they ever stood before you they'd never stand. And Lord we pray that you'd take them beyond those three verses into verse 4 so that they would understand that with you is forgiveness. And Lord we pray that that would happen. We pray for those who have already experienced this wonderful blessing of having cried out and been redeemed by jesus well that verse 4 would still be true of them that they would find forgiveness there and that would lead to a holy and godly fear lord that they would be so concerned about godly uh, living in this world that they'd be so concerned about wandering off from you that they would be so full of fear to ever drift from you that they would take your word seriously so lord help everyone this morning. We know that everyone fits into those categories. Perhaps not saved at all, we pray that you would save. And perhaps already saved, that you would mature them. That they would depend on you in greater ways. And find still their great assurance. And that you are a great God. And that you are a good God. We thank you for being that. We thank you that we can now find assurance and comfort in you because of who you are. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.